podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Unplugged, it's me, Chris Bright, Kev O'Sullivan, Luke Tanner, and Oscar's back from All Leeds TV. We haven't had Oscar for ages. How are you doing, Oscar? I'm doing good, mate. I'm doing good. Um, yeah, I think it's been like all downhill for Leeds since the last game on the show. Was it last <laughs> you, season? You, you, leave the, you leave the trippers, mate. It all goes downhill. I know. Should you stay on the strippers? You know. So, you're, look, Lord Duffy's already made up that you're on the show, see? So, what more can you want? There you cool. go, there you go. Good to be back. Luke, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Not Jolly too good. bad. Jolly good. You look enthused as ever, Luke. <laughs> Just a long day. Long day at work. Hello. Hello. Mr O'Sullivan, how are we? Not too bad. Um, I mean, for the week that's in it, it's been a flat-out week with loads of transfers and everything, you know, comings and goings, but today the reality, the reality hits with um, Sadio leaving. And uh, you know he's probably the first of the superstars to go. Uh, you know, I mean, Genie went, but I wouldn't say he was a superstar. Lilana was, you know, from the at the start of the era, was a key player at the start. But Sadio's been there, done it all. You know, so to see him at thirty years of age deciding that he want, you know, he wants to go and try something new, it hurts a bit, but. At the same time, you know, he's won. He's won football with us. You know, every trophy that he could have won with Liverpool, he's won. He's had a hand in almost all of them. And he's been an exceptional signing. Um, for the deal that we got for him with a player who wanted to leave with 12 months left, I think we've got a really good... I think we've we've done okay out of it. I think we've Julian Ward has done as well as he could have done. Yeah, and. You know, with the best, you know, I'll be watching Bayern next season, hoping that he has an absolute banger. You know, I, I, I hope he just goes and rips up the Bundesliga and just goes on and has a really great career. You know, I wish him all the best, but he will be missed, but big time missed. And he's got, yeah. he's leaving big shoes to be filled. Yeah, I mean, Jake says, you know, feels like the end of an era, uh, which yeah. it, it does, it does a little bit. And, and Laura Duffy, right as always, uh, Sadie was like the real start of the Klopp era. He was because he was the first player who had that pace. Do you remember that goal? The first goal he scores against Arsenal, he went, Yeah, Jesus Christ, what's it? Chops inside with his left foot and then just bends it in the top corner. Yeah, yeah. Red Steve wants to know is, is this blues blue versus black? If it was, me and me and Oscar would smash him, so we're not doing that. So there's no, there's no question. Yet. I love the fact we're, we're very uniform, aren't we? You know, yeah. Well, we're like Inter Milan, aren't we? We're the Inter Milan team today. Uh, so, but look, Luke, how are you feeling about it? Um, it is an end. Of, it is an end of an era. He was like the first big signing that came in with that Klopp era, and 
He's left a legend. He's probably one of the best players I've seen in my lifetime watching Liverpool. Um, I think he has left at the right time. Um, I do feel like that his legs were going a little bit. That's why I feel like he moved in into the middle. And mm. the fact he's going to the Bundesliga means uh, it's a bit of a slower league and it, it will prolong his career a bit longer. Uh, I feel like if he would have stayed another year, I think you would have seen another drop-off. And I think it's better to leave the hero rather than stay long enough to become the villain. So yeah, I think it's sort of the best time that, for him to... It, it, it's hard to see sometimes a, a, a great play you've had decline. I mean, I thought when he moved to the number nine, I wondered if that was the way of reinvigorating him. Because to be fair, he played very well. Yeah. I thought it was number nine. But um, Oscar, from a non-Liverpool fan, what's your sort of seeing of the situation? Because look, us three could be a very much Liverpool bubble. It's, it's hard not to be. So, but how are you seeing it from like an outsider looking in? Yeah, I just want to start on Mane. I think he's one, I genuinely think he's one of the most underrated players in Premier League history, to be honest with you. In terms of, when you look at his record, what he's won, the difference he's made to Liverpool and Southampton, if we need to add as well. He was very, very good for those two years at Southampton. He's been a very excellent player for Premier League football. Certainly one of the best African players in kind of the Premier League era, I'd say. So, yeah, it's an interesting one because I think there was a little decline, to be honest. I think the last couple of years has been, a, you know, the level he was at kind of 2018, 28, 19, 2020 time. I think he was one of the best wingers in the world, wide forwards in world football, in, that, in all honesty. And there was a little bit of a decline in terms of he was less able to beat a man just with pure pace and power. But the switch to centre-forward, I thought, was getting another another level out of him. I thought he was playing absolutely superbly at centre-forward. And I think the fact that he got in the team of the year in that kind of unusual role kind of sums it up for me. The goals he was scoring, obviously the goals started to dry up a little bit for Salah in the second bit of the season. But Mane was getting a lot of crucial goals during that second bit of the season. They got Liverpool back into the title race. Obviously got Liverpool to the Champions League final. He was a big, big part of it this season. I think at Bayern, I think that's a good move for him um, in terms of getting goals and sort of a team that's going to be built to his strengths in terms of nowadays, in terms of he's lost that little bit of pace, he's going to have to come to come to the ball a lot more than kind of like trying to run in behind defenders. And I think obviously at Bayern, he's replacing Lewandowski. I know he's a different kind of player to Lewandowski, but it's an interesting one. I think he'll get a lot more chances at Bayern because everything will be built around him like it is at Bayern. Mm. They build everything around the striker. You know, Lewandowski gets chance after chance after chance. I'm not saying that he doesn't at Liverpool, but... I think the way the Bundesliga defends as well, I think it's the old Bundesliga tax and all this lot. I can see Mane going there and absolutely ripping it up, to be honest, in that kind of respect. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Uh, Liverpool, I've got to evolve now because I think when you could go to replace Mane, there's no real player in world football I can think of who's like Mane, who can play on the left. In fact, he started out as a right winger, you know, on that right-hand side for Liverpool, you know, just basically be a touchline winger almost and then obviously translates into a left-sided forward when Salah comes in and then to, into a centre forward you don't see that a lot in world football these days especially for a forward being that versatile so I don't think you could ever replace him you know like for like in that kind of respect or certainly not there's no real player anywhere near as good as Mane who can do that for me so I'm in, I think the backup the replacement even is very good in Nunes I think he's a really good replacement mm -hmm. But it's going to be different to Mane in terms of what he offers. Maybe that's why we bought two in the end. You know, Diaz to replace what was Mane the winger 
and Nunes yeah. replaced what was becoming Manny the number nine because mm. there probably isn't one player to replace him. So we have to find our way around him. Uh, MC said he's absolutely devastated about Sadio. Uh, another feeling. Uh, do you think he's our best left-sided player we've ever had? I would say in the Premier. In the Premier, yeah. It's always um, the last thirty years. I think if luckily Gav's not on the show, otherwise he'd be stringing up. Now <laughs> there's there is a certain Mr. John Barnes which does have to get a mention. But listen, if you're getting yourself in a conversation with with John Barnes as a, you know, he's in the conversation about it, then. You know, I think he's a better winger. Than, I think he's better on the left than Barnes was. Barnes was he was excellent, top tier. And when as he got older, he dropped back into midfield, and he could do that role equally as good. I think Sadio's better. I genuinely do. I, I think do, yeah. the way football has evolved, he's he's quicker. He is he's a better goal threat. I think he, I think he, he's just different. You know. He's Oscar was dead right in what he was saying. He, he's next to impossible to rep, replace because he's almost unique in what he offers, and the versatility that he offers means that other people got minutes in their best positions, and he accommodated his game around them. Jota was one, you know. So he's got to be a huge miss. And you, Chris, you were dead on in what you're saying. We've replaced. We've had to spend two. You know, on two players to replace what he offers. Don't get me wrong; they're 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 two really top players. And you look at the business that we've done so far this window with Ramsey coming in. We've made three signings, and the oldest one of the signings is twenty two. Which you shows know, it's a sign it, that Liverpool are, are start. I, I mean, to us, I think the evolution of Liverpool has been probably started two years ago. Yeah, uh, it's just slowly creeping and creeping in, but it is hard when it's it's one of the mainstays, one of the, the mm. first lads. You know, it, it is hard to, to see them go, but they've gone, and I'm sort of thinking fairly amicable. There was a little bit of silliness, I said, but well, that's the game. But in general, yeah. it, it seems to have gone on right terms of Liverpool, right terms for the player. You know, Liverpool could have been really stubborn to try to stick out for more, but I think people forget. No, I think we got Thiago for twenty million. One year, yeah, so it's not that, but it's it. just like you know, we've done it, so other clubs are going to do it. Uh, Jake wants to know, uh, keep <laughs> Kevin already knows my feelings on this. Do you what do you guys think of Nagelsman? So, what do you think about him, Oscar? <laughs> I think Nagelsman for me is a bell last season. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hold back, I, I, I just can't stand him. I just can't no, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he does think to himself as a hipster, doesn't he? Let's be honest, in terms of that dress sense and that. Like, I'm not, it, yeah, it, he underachieved for me. It's simple as that. I mean, you know, to get knocked out of the Champions League by Villarreal, I think they got hammered in the German Cup as well. Mm. I think, I think they did. Was it who was it? But much in blood, that was it. I think. Yeah. yeah, I think it was like six. I think, and then even the Premier, the, the, not the Premier League, sorry, the Bundesliga. I think they won it in spite of. Themselves, I think Dortmund's completely messed up. Harlan got a massive injury. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think he's done that well, to be honest with you. I don't think he's done that well. I don't think he's proven himself in Germany enough to say that he could get a job in a, a top six club in the Premier League, to be totally honest with you. Certainly not, you know, a Liverpool in the future or someone like that. You know, it's been little mentions, hasn't there, and in, in that lot. But no, not for me. Uh, he's certainly. I rated him a lot more prior to him going to Bayern than I do now, to be honest. I still think he's a good oh, manager, but, yeah. but I don't know. 
Apparently, uh, the, the comment was actually, do you think it, Nags will get the most out of Manny? But apparently, the comment got cut short. Maybe. I mean, look, if you can't get the best out of Sadio Manny, probably proves more of my point. But I, I, my point is, I think he is a talented manager. He's just an absolute prat of a person. And yeah. ever since the Hoffenheim, I saw his antics at Hoffenheim, he's just got a face. He's got a face you want to punch. That's kind of, But maybe that's just me. I've just, he just seems to be a person I've taken an instant dislike to. And I can't. It'd be, it'd be interesting how he plays Sadio and how Bayern evolve over the next couple of years. Yeah, Bayern have still have problems. Well. You know, they, they have problems at the back. They have if he's smart, he plays him through the middle with yeah, s- like a Sani and, Nab- and Gnabry either side. Of it. A front bit, bit, bit Liverpool-esque, three really fast converted wingers. Just go for yeah, it. It's how they it's how they accommodate like Thomas Muller into that. Uh, into that side and what they do around the midfield for me. Um, look, well, they've just sold the best midfielder to us, Kev. <laughs> and we'll come to we'll, that. We'll come to that. Actually, look, I mean, the way Bayern are going to be judged is how they do in Europe. All right. And we've seen losing to Villarreal. I watched the games and they battered Villarreal, battered them senseless and couldn't score. They did everything but score in the two legs, and they got caught, they got sucker punched in he, both in both games. It was naive, to, it was naive attacking. The he way tried he, to overthink it in the second tra- leg. He, like, he, he tries to, he tries to be leg. too clever. You tried he tried to be he, too clever, especially in the second it. leg. He pepped it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He had Sane at left wing back, I think, and then yeah, I think he had Sane and Coman as like wing backs. Yeah, and then had three centre halves. I think Alfonso Davis came on at centre mid for a bit. You're like, what? No, he What's played it as part of a back three at the end. Yeah, because Alfonso Davis screens centre back. I mean, he? you wouldn't even do it on FIFA. <laughs> you just wouldn't. It, <laughs> it's, it, it, it just it, strikes it, me as one of the managers that he's going to make a big change. He's got to do something really big like that. Yeah. And he's a bit. Pep does it, but it kind of works most of the time. And when it doesn't yeah. work, it's Story, but with Nagelsmann, it kind of most of the time doesn't work. You get like battered or they lose, so what, like embarrassingly. Luke, are you I think they'll be in trouble you, next season. Uh, Luke, are you I, I think they'll be in trouble. Oscar, do you think we're just saying he's the German uh, Brendan Rodgers? Then that's basically what he is. Brendan Rodgers has actually won like something meaningful of Leicester, like a league. Uh, what was it? The FA Cup and that lot. More, more of it. He needs, he needs to make a big statement, a big movement. He's yeah, yeah. No, that. I know what you mean. Yeah, he's, yeah. Um, yeah. He's better at a club, a lesser club, than he is at a big club. I think when he goes to a big club, like Rogers found at Liverpool, um, the expectation you can't really go and use. It's like a, it's like a science project almost kind of thing. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like he treated it as a science project at Leipzig, and like Rogers did at Swansea and all this lot. But you kind of can't do that when you get to Liverpool or you buy a Munich. I, I, you know. It's going to be hard for him, yeah, next season. If assuming Dortmund doing, he's still rebuilding as well. Like he's going to have to reshape that attack, to have to reshape that defense because that defense, Upen Meccano has not been a great signing. It's been all right. It's not been great at all. And I think he needs to rejig the midfield. So, but they still have two players, um, Upen Meccano and Sabitzer, and both played under Nagelsmann. So for them to fail, Sabitzer got up for sale this summer as well. Yeah, it's mad. It's mad. just shows maybe the pressure has got to them kind of thing. And obviously Lewandowski going, I think that's a big lot. I know obviously as much as Mane is a good signing, but Lewandowski, I think of, 
I can't speak, I don't know enough about German football to say, but I'd imagine it's probably one of the best players in German football history, possibly the best. You know, if you look at his old record over the last in, sort of rec- in recent years, years, yeah, in recent years, yes, it, it, it's almost it's not quite the same, but it's like when Messi left Barcelona, there, there is going to be an effect on that. You know, in terms of you've got a player who's been so key for Dortmund and Bayern over the years, that's a massive loss for Bayern in that kind of respect. And, if you're Bayern Munich fans, you're probably asking the question that, yes, Manny's a really good signing, but they kind of replaced Lewandowski with someone who's only a couple of years, young, uh, couple of years younger. It's still quite an old team kind of thing. So mm. you, that is long term, you know, maybe Dortmund can close that gap. And I hope they do, to be honest, because I'm not a massive lover of Bayern Munich for uh, various reasons. Mm. So, so you're after pinching one of their young, up-and-coming prospects from midfield today, Mark Rocker. What do you know about him? Yeah, I like it. I like What's him. there to expect for the league? You know, what is he going to start for Leeds more, you know? Yeah. Or I is think he just so. an addition to the squad? I'd, I'd imagine he starts for us. I think, again, it's been two years since I've seen him properly play. You know, you know I love my Spanish football. Mm. But I remember seeing him in the big games for Espanol, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid. He was holding his own kind of thing. And reading up on him at the time, he, he was being linked before he went to Bayern with Arsenal, I think Leicester, I think Barcelona in the summer of 2020. He was playing really, really well. And in those games, I've seen him play, playing really, really well. So he has got, he's a strange kind of case in that kind of respect. He's not played a lot in the last two years, but reading between the lines from what Bayern fans have said, they said he actually really likes him when he was on the when he was on the pitch for him. And they're quite sad to see him go in the respect that, They've not seen him play enough. He has made a good impression. But I think he'll he'll start games for us. I think he has got that left-sided centre-mid role. And we kind of like to play a double pivot now under Jesse Marsh. He is going to be the left-sided holding midfielder or centre-mid, whatever way you want to put it. The yeah. question is, and I've seen a couple of comments come in, yeah. will he be alongside Calvin Phillips? Will he be the replacement for Calvin Phillips? Will he bring someone else in to replace Calvin Phillips alongside Mark Rocker? I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know at this point. I've heard so many contrasting stories on Calvin Phillips from the media, different bits and pieces like that. I don't know. He's a different kind of midfielder to Calvin Phillips, though. Just to answer your question, Kevin, he is a different kind of midfielder. He's a bit more of a... It's hard to like know where to compare him to. There's not a lot of players in the Premier who play like him. I guess a little bit like a Declan Rice, maybe a little bit less defensively aware than Declan Rice, but he likes to get on the ball. He'll play plenty of passes, always involved in the game, good on the ball, press resistant, all the kind of things you want from a team that wants to improve the quality in the midfield. And he's someone who can control the football match against teams outside that top six because, yeah. again, you... Chris, we've had loads of conversations about Leeds under Bielsa that it was beautiful to watch. But even when we finished ninth in the first season, as amazing as we were, there were a lot of basketball games where it was kind of like end-to-end, end-to-end, end-to-end. I think with a Mark Rocker, he just gives you that little bit more quality. You can turn the screw a little bit more in midfield and keep the ball a bit better and make sure we're like controlling the game a little bit better. And yeah, we might create a bit less. We might be a little bit less direct. But it's interesting because... He's not signing for Bielsa, he's signing for Jesse Marsh. And we're not fully sure on what Jesse Marsh's style is yet because he's coming for 12 games to keep Leeds in the league. So I feel like he's a nice little addition who adds a bit of price as well. 10 million, it's not the end of the world. And for someone who played well for the Spanish under-21s, 
and come through the Spanish set setup at international level all the way through. You know, when you look at what Cucurella has come in and done it in the league, and you look at some of the other Spanish players that are in the league, he, you know, he's at the right age. And I think the way Leeds are going about their business, they're reminding me an awful lot of what Salzburg and RB Leipzig did in their way of changing how they buy players and what type of players they're targeting. The right Aronson and the Danish right back that they're after bringing in as well, you're after bringing in. They're all at a right good age to be able to show what they've got and kick on. And maybe in a couple of years, two, three years, you're looking to turn those players over, you know. But how have you looked at the window so far? Are you excited about the season coming up or are you a bit apprehensive? Where do you think you need to focus next? It's a hard one. I mean, if you ask me in a month's time, I could have a very, very different answer for you because we probably will. Probably will. Probably bring it back on. It depends on who goes, really. I think more than anything that's promoting time. If Calvin and Rafinha go before the end of this window, in this transfer window, I think this transfer window will be looked at very differently. I think most Leeds fans can accept one of them going. I think we're realistic enough to say that, listen, they've been absolutely superb for us. They are good enough to play at the higher level in the league. But I think if both went in one window, that would be very, very difficult. But so far, superb. If both, if both go... Mm-hmm. Who would you ideally like to see as a re- as the replacement for that? I mean, look, let's talk of Sander Berg, which I know I know I think you weren't keen on with mm-hmm. the price because the price rumours is about thirty five million, isn't it? For, yeah, for Sander Berg, too much for me for Sander Berg. He's a pre- I think he's good enough for the Prem, but um, I'm not sure for a replacement for Calvin Phillips. I'm not a hundred percent on that. But one player that has been mentioned as a potential replacement for Calvin is again from Harvey Salzburg. Surprise, surprise. Um, it's Mo Kamara from uh, Salzburg, who is is kind of like in between Rocker and Phillips. He's, he's not quite as good defensively as Calvin Phillips, but he does give you quite a bit on the ball. He's an interesting one. He's a bit of a mm. Um, I don't know. I've not probably not seen enough of him to fully comment, but just reading between the lines a little bit, he has been someone who's been linked from Salzburg. Again, he sounds like a decent fit. He's used to playing with um, Christensen on the right-hand side of midfield, Aronson in front of him. Quite a nice dynamic there. In terms of Rafinha, it's hard. I don't know. I, I really don't know how he replaced with Rafinha because you look at... It's a bit like the Mane situation in terms of there's not a lot of... Do you need two to replace him almost? Well, the, what I'll say is, Chris, there's not a lot of right-sided players great on the left foot who can cut in and score goals from the right. I don't think you have a lot of it. You've got, obviously got your Salah, Mares, Saka. Don't, don't tell us that. Don't tell us that. We've got to replace him next year. Well, that's it. it, it there's, not, <laughs> there's not a lot of depth, I don't think. You go on the other side of the pitch, left foot, le- um, sorry, left-sided foot. players, right-footed cutting in, there's a much, much, much bigger pool the players to target in that kind of respect so I don't know and the other thing is is that Jesse Marsh likes to play a 4-2-2-2 yeah 4-3-2s system Um, certainly certainly did at Salzburg and you had Haaland and Dakar up top together again we haven't haven't got Haaland and Dakar I know that but with that you'd have attacking midfielders rather than wingers so maybe we wouldn't look to replace Rafinha maybe we'd go with Aronson on the right Harrison Harrison on the left and then two natural strikes in front maybe we'd go with that instead because it's very difficult to replace Rafinha in terms of Mm. uh, but 
if it does come to it, then we'd have to we'd have to obviously look at it. But I don't know on Rafinha, to be honest with you. I don't know how you replace him without it being a considerable, considerable drop-off in terms of policy. Yeah. So, look around the rest of the leagues then, Luke. Um, the rumours who City are going to buy, look, um, I'm going to look fairly smart because I think it covers where you would say City have a few gaps in their squad, which is yeah. Cucurella left-back, which then gives competition for Cancel, but also Cancel can then also be used on the right-hand side. Um, Calvin Phillips, which covers the loss of Fernandinho, but also Gundogan maybe going. So is that a switch to more of a 4 2 3 one? And then they've got obviously Haaland, and then they've got Alvarez as a yeah. the backup striker to him, which is probably a good thing for Alvarez. It's like a young striker, he has a lot of pressure on him. You know, seems like smart business by City. Yeah, it does seem like smart business from City. I'm really interested to, to see how Cugarella is going to perform. Uh, for City because he's had a great season at Brighton. Uh, I think I watched watched the game against United uh, at the Amex and that was a you no. Know, he was brilliant just up and down the left hand side. Um, I think City are going through a little bit of a rebuild as well. Links of Sterling leaving, um, Gundogan leaving. I think Mara's got a year left, doesn't he? Yeah, Mara's got a year left. I saw rumours of Bernardo Silva to Barcelona. So, but the game so this. It, is that like City doing a bit of what we're doing? It's the yeah, end of their of first great, their first great teams. Not first great, you know, their first Guardiola team. They're now looking to make Guardiola two team. You know yeah, what I mean? it's just a little bit of summer cleaning, um, basically in that squad. Sterling wants a big contract. City aren't going to give it to him. So City are like sign, or we will happily move you on. Uh, Mares, I think he's like thirty-one now. So I think he'll. I don't know whether or not he'll sign or not. City will quite happily let him walk on a free. I think, I think I saw reports of Saka being linked with Man City. Makes sense. Um, makes makes sense. I don't see it happening. Uh, not this summer. I think it'll be far too much. I think it'll be around. I think it'll be around Jack Grealish types of money if City went in and. Yeah, but listen, mate, they, they've just got a sponsor for the car park. It's three hundred million. So. <laughs> Don't worry, don't, oh, yeah. don't worry about, don't worry about it. Do you want my hot take on Saka? And I've, I've, I've kind of said this back oh, in where oh, the, the oh, summer, like a, we're like the a hot take. Contract things we're all, we're all um, like obviously been spoken about. I think he'll be a salary replacement personally. I think he'll be the player. You don't think? Oh, no. Oh, give us your reason. I, I don't I, think he's good enough. Pure and simple. I think he's overrated. Oh, if he wasn't English, you wouldn't be looking that much at him. He's, if he was uh, like Pepe, he's, he's, he's a good player. Yeah, he's a, he's a good player. He's a versatile player, but he's not a left winger. He's not clinical, clinical enough. He's defensively when he played at left wing back for Arsenal, he was all right. He could get up and down. He's got energy. He's got a trick. You know, his passing isn't brilliant. It's okay. It's good, but. If you're going to be looking to replace someone who offers you 20-plus goals a season year in, year out, Bukayo Sako is not that guy. And well, he's only 22, though, to be fair. Well, also, I know. He's, he's 20, isn't he? He's a Nunes, that guy, though. Maybe we've already bought a solid replacement for goals in Nunes. It's it's not even that. I just think that, that there's... For the money that it would take to get him, he's I think there's up. other... Right wingers out there that you could probably get as good and cheaper. It's not 
I just don't see it in him. There's a few players like that. Like Rafi- no, no, no respect to Leeds fans. I don't see it in Rafinha. I think at oh, his right. age... Oh, right. I agree, though, Kev. I, it, for the purposes of keeping him, I absolutely agree. I've got to say as well that Calvin Phillips is a massively overrated player. I'll tell you one thing with Calvin Phillips. Does, does Calvin Phillips suit what Man City, how Pep plays? Mm, Not for no. me. You know? No, like he doesn't have a great short passing game. He's more of a... He's got a good... I think he's a very good player. I think he'd suit... There's a lot of... Play, I liked him. A, I liked him a, for Liverpool a couple of years ago. His injury would scare the shit out of me. Yeah. That, you know? that is the worry if Bielsa Ball is... But sort of, uh, I don't know a, if he suits Man City. I think uh, he would look, suit Manchester United. But, mate, you need you need suit Manchester United to state the moment. <laughs> let's, let's be, honest, let's be but, honest. You know what I mean? There's, there's players out there in the league at the minute and you look at it and clubs are asking astronomical fees for these players. Stupid money. Who've That's why players are putting down the contracts. Genuinely, they've done nothing. They, yeah. What's Bukayo Saka done? Do you know, I mean, the interesting thing is, only the top four when yeah. they had it gift wrapped them. It was Go gift on, wrapped Kev. and handed to them. Yes, Kev. All they had to do was turn up and play and win their games. He's not done anything of note to turn around and have a 50, 60, 70 million pound price tag on his head. than that. Two years left, and he's English, and he's young. Look, I could be totally wrong. I was was totally wrong on Diaz. I was going to say, it could be be with Diaz, this Kev, but, you know. Well, the other thing is, in terms of, like, obviously his output, you've got to look at, like, who's playing alongside. Like, Lacazette, I mean, you're not going to get many assists for someone who can't even run into the box kind of thing. Yeah, no, I get that, I get that. Is it it a question, is he gone stale because the environment he's in? Yeah, you know, we've seen we've seen that with a few sometimes Arsenal players that they get out of the environment of Arsenal, it doesn't, it, you know, some players just need it because they've gone stale. There's wonders, yeah. I think you know, Mar- if you're going I to be spending Martin- that kind of money, you have to be sure, you know what I mean? You have to be right. You, we, I mean, Liverpool, especially the way we the way we're ran in the fact that you know you can spend what you make, you cannot afford to make a mistake at that level. You know, you have to be absolutely certain. Look at the improvement Klopp got from Salah. I mean, Salah wasn't getting anywhere near the numbers he's got now at Roma or... He was getting getting 15, 20, so he was starting to get underlying numbers similar to what Manny was getting. He just took... I think him and Zeko at Roma... But Salah was older. I mean, he was like early 20s, like 24 when he I think he was 24 by the time he came to them. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, if, if we're playing fancy football a little bit, if Liverpool wait till next summer, one year left in the deal, Arsenal don't make Champions League football, which I'll be honest, is probably a pretty they're safe bet good. at the moment. Too. Hey, I've already made bets for next season that they're not getting top four. I, I sort of feel right. like players with one year on the contract, it, 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 that's becoming a bit of a Liverpool thing that we're quite good at getting players with one year on the contract. Listen, it may happen, it may not happen, but we'll worry about I think that a bit later. Deal. But let's... Let's go. Who else we're going to talk about? Kev, Brighton have got a bit of a rebuild going on. 
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Brighton you know, have got a bit of a war chest, and uh, Potter, has, been, Potter yeah. has become very good at spending money. And for their sake, I hope to God they invest in a striker. Exactly. They're such a good side to watch that if they had a proper nine, someone who could get, get him, someone who could get him fifteen goals. If they had someone who you could bank on to get him fifteen goals, a one and two striker. Danny Ings. No, because Danny, well, Danny, Danny, Danny Ings can't play 38 games. No, oh, yes. You know what I mean? I, as much as Danny Ings was a really good Premier League player, you know, in you know three or four years ago, he's not going to play Danny 38 Ings. games. So, but selling Cucurella, selling Basumas, which is a really good pickup for Spurs. Let's, you know, call us. We'll come to, we'll come to Spurs because they've, I'll probably they've, they've, they've had. The smartest summer, I would yeah. say. So, so I'm far. interested to see what Brighton do with the money they've they've got because now that clubs know that they have money, money. That's whereas the issue. last, yeah, whereas last season, you know, apparently they they tried to sign Darwin Nunes last summer and got rebuffed. But the um, the fact that they got Cucurella in when they did and for how much they did shows that. They're willing to spend at that level. And yeah, Praktar is right. Um, the director and of football, who was at Brighton, is now at Newcastle. That's a hell of so a coup that could that could have uh, issues for them. But I hope not. I hope that Brighton can spend well because I like Potter. I like the way he plays. And He's I brave. think after he- the World Cup, I think Brighton will do well to hold on to him when the England job becomes available. I think as well, Brighton might lose the keeper, Sanchez. I think um, I think there's a lot of clubs I've seen linked with him. Obviously, Spain's number one now as well, and that's obviously going to add Spain's a bit of interest into him. Um, good for his feet, good shot stopper. I think he's you know proven that for Brighton over the over the last season or so. So, could be quite a bit of a tricky one for Brighton in terms of losing quite a few. Um, Important players, from, but it's so obvious a striker situation, isn't it? It's been, yeah, but you could ask anyone, anyone. Robert Sanchez would be perfect for United. Who's that? Sorry, Robert Sanchez, the goalkeeper, be perfect for United uh, to play out from the I, back. I yeah. don't think United. I don't think United will go for a keeper because they've still got David De Gea. Oh yeah, and, I think they've like one year left. I think yeah, I think it's until De Gea's contract runs out. Does give it. I'll I mean, tell you, the hair, the hair, a very good season. I know he's a bit of a, a car crash. I think that's all that, that might be getting a new deal as well. He's got a year left. I, think, I know, Chris, you want to talk about Spurs, but you know, let's oh, have a quick, a quick chat about Manchester United because <laughs> oh, oh, they're a club that needs be beer. <laughs> they're a club that need to be spending and they need to be bringing in bodies. You know, please, their players are due back in two weeks. Season starts in six. You have a new manager, and they've done nothing. Well, no, what the hell's going on? Nothing. I mean, I saw <laughs> one of the. Uh, it's great, isn't it? The Atletico, 
I think one of the athletic journalists was saying there is a 20 million euro gap between what Man United wants to bid and what Barcelona wants. I mean, when you're talking that level, that's a deal at the moment. Feels like that's also dead in the water. And look, if you believe what the United press will tell you, Nunes and De Jong were their two main boys. They, that, that that's what they wanted to build. And look, they made sense. We Kev, we said it. Yeah, January, Nunes would be great for United. That's what they yeah. need: a mobile number nine. Who, yeah. but who could also fill out wide as well. So you could still play him and Ronaldo because he could play wide left, Ronaldo in the middle, and Sancho on the right. And you still, you know, it would make United exciting. So I see why they went for him. You know, they unfortunately couldn't keep it quiet enough <laughs> to keep a little a bit like Diaz. Diaz comes to Diaz on the Tottenham team just couldn't keep it quiet enough. But they just seem they just feel like they need an awful lot of work to make their centre back like both full backs are. Crap. Yeah, the, the links to, Ju- to Yuri and Timber look like they're legit. You know, they're, mm. he yeah, looks like, like he's got like, mm, do I want to move before the World Cup? That's what they're going to Yeah, gonna yeah have I, I think he's safe as houses for the Dutch side. You know, Van Hal will pick him no matter what. I think he's safe as houses to start for United as well. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's easily better than most of the centre backs. Well, yeah, oh. no, he is better than all of the centre backs that they have. Even if he uh, turns up training pissed, he's still safe. But <laughs> yeah. it's it's just one of those one of those rebuilds that's going on there. They've, they've had to look, I mean, they've lost an awful lot of wages off the bill, which is a positive because then. But the one thing that Manchester United always were were they were an attractive side as a destination club because they were regulars in the Champions League. They mm. were. Challenging for titles, they were challenging for domestic honours, they were going deep into Europe. Those days are gone. And the fact that the United, the the people who are responsible for transfers are still shopping in that market and thinking that United is is, is a destination club for the likes of De Jong and Darwin Nunes shows to me the delusions that they're still living in. They're still living in cuckoo land. I think the Nunes one probably wasn't delusions. I think it was young, twenty-two-year-old. I think it was the right profile of play. They were just—it's one of those ones where you go, "I just hope a Liverpool or City don't aren't interested." Mm. But that's probably the type of player they they should be looking at. Um, So, I mean, you know, De Jong. I get why they look at De Jong because of previously with the manager. He's a great player, but he's made it obvious. I want to stay at Barcelona. With Barcelona's financial situation, easy. they don't want him. So, well, Oscar, you you know your Spanish football. What's the story with uh, Barcelona this week? Because there's been an awful lot in the news. So you fill us in. You educate us, mate. What's going on there? Well, Chris is right. Chris is right. To be fair, um, a, I don't. This is the first record. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want him, but the reason they don't want him is because. They see him as a big opportunity to to get recoup a lot of money, you know, to recoup sixty, seventy million selling them because they got Pedri in that position uh, and Gavi in that position as well. They see them too, and obviously the side Frank Kessie as well, who can provide uh, good backup in those kind of positions as well. So they definitely see De Jong as the most sellable out of all the players because they're never going to sell Pedri, they're never going to sell Araujo, they're never going to sell. Um, Fatty, they're not going to sell those kind of players, you know, in terms of the young What's the story like, with Trincao? He's at Wolves last season. Oh, yeah. Does he, does he go back? 
I don't know. I think possibly because they, they're running out of wingers, I think, uh, Barcelona at this moment, Sam, because obviously Traoré, right, that predictably just didn't work. Uh, that was such a surprise. Massive surprise that it wasn't good enough for Barcelona. Um, but yeah, De Jong is a really interesting one because he's going to find himself in a really sticky situation, potentially. Um, Barcelona's financial situation, I honestly don't know whether they're in a good one or a bad one because they agreed a world record sponsorship deal with Spotify. Spotify basically sponsor everything. Soon they'll be called Spotify, Barcelona Spotify FC because everything's Spotify now in Barcelona. Um, stadium, shirts, everything is Spotify. They've sold um, all sorts of different deals, um, Percentage of their TV deal, I think 25% of the TV deal, 25% of the commercial deal, 25% of uh, merchandise, all sorts of things. They're taking all these risks. But in terms of short-term cash flow from making all these moves, they might well be able to keep the on. I don't think, if you ask Xavi now, you've got a choice. Um, one, he's no object. Want to sell Frankie de Jong. He probably doesn't, but he probably just looks at de Jong and thinking he's the most sellable asset in that kind of respect. So it'll be interesting. Obviously, Lewandowski looks very, very likely to be turned up at um, Barcelona, you think. And who Bamiang? Like they signed in, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Aubameyang's an interesting one now. All of a sudden, he's gone from being a backup striker at Arsenal and now he's going to probably be a backup striker okay, at Arsenal. You, you have Memphis to play there as well. Oh, God. Yeah, the um is a weird one, really. I think he's played really well when he's played for Barcelona, yeah. but fans haven't really taken to him because it was in the impossible position. Memphis Depay came in like pretty much at the same time as Messi leaving. So he's always in the impossible yeah. position. From the Coman era as well, he was like a standout figure in that pretty poor patch for Barcelona yeah. under Coman. So they yeah, definitely in the back of him. In terms of Dion. I just can't see him going to Man United, personally. I might be wrong. I, hope, I think well, he'll go eventually. I think I, if the money's right, if they chuck enough wages, he'll go. I think he'll I, go. I hope I'm right, because if he ends up at Man United, I'm a little bit concerned that they might be... Yeah, him and him and Van der Beek <laughs> could bring the best out of each other. Uh, oh, they need to do more. They still need to do more. But they still need more. Improve that midfield a hell of a lot. I'm not going to lie. He will improve that midfield a hell of a lot. Oh, I mean, it wouldn't take a lot, but... Uh, he, he would be a massive signing for him, but I just can't see him signing for a team that's in the Europa League. I, I think if he is to leave Barcelona, I think he probably does go to a different club, probably. But I, I might be totally wrong with that. Were linked with him, weren't they? City was sniffing around and, and BSG and something. He's a City star player. He's a City yeah. type. He's a type of player Pep would love in terms of the play alongside. Is it okay? Could you see a, a straight swap done with Bernardo Silva? I'll tell you what, if you're Barcelona, you take that all day long. Because I think uh, if you're Man City, you take that. Nope. I think if you're I Man City, you take that, to be honest. I, I do. Mm. I, I think he's he's a, a genuine pet player. He could play that left-sided eight role with, mm. you know, and, and just glide through games. His passing yeah. is impeccable. His vision is up there with the best centre midfields in the world. It's just a case. Could he handle the pace and physicality of the league? It would be a hell of a, be a hell of a sign in. The thing is, game. though, you look at their midfields without a Bernardo Silva buzzing round all over the place. It does all of a sudden look a little bit. Like, where's the dynamism? Well, you go to Anfield, so you think of Frankie De Jong, KDB, Rodri. And Rodri. 
you can it's good as it is quality wise I still feel like physically you can bully that midfield yeah, Silver's I've, got a little bit of yeah the only thing I would say is and I don't know this is just because he I think with people have misconception of Kevin De Bruyne I think he's massive yeah I think because he's oh, I think yeah. he's, he's blonde he's Belgian I think oh, he's quite a nice and he's got a wonderful oh. No, I think everyone thinks, everyone thinks he's a, you know, he's a, he's a nice player. He's an absolute beast. And he's deceptively quick. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, then you've I, still I, got Phil Foden who could play at the top of a diamond if they wanted to go down that route. Yeah, Phil, you know? Phil Foden just loves scoring at Anfield, yeah. which is a really yeah. annoying habit he's developed. Yeah, he's yeah. got to be around for a decade. That annoying little prick. I know it's, but, so, it's, <laughs> it's so annoying. He's just so good. It's so annoying. But I think I still think Bernardo Silva's more tenacious. I think he can get up and down the pitch yeah. a lot more. Yeah. But I think he's just a complete. He, he's just the Duracell bunny for me, yeah, Bernardo Silva. But I, I agree, KDB is underrated in that kind of respect. And I still, I still think he does. I think Rodri's amazing. I think he's a really, really good holding midfielder. But I think the word Bernardo Silva does in front is massive. He's improved, he's improved a lot, Rodri, because in his first year or so, he. Yeah, he didn't know any, he didn't know what was behind him. In that community ever. shield, the thing is, yeah, yeah, David yeah. Silver in front of him at that time. Yeah. David Silver, KDB, and look, David Silver like, doesn't give you the same as what Bernardo does. So, no, Bernard, Bernardo's just a player that if he's yours, you love him, but everybody else hates him. <laughs> he's yeah, just he's annoying, he's an annoying player to play against. Yeah, right. Speaking of annoying, because it's the elephant in the room we've got to talk about. So. And I and I felt sorry for the lad when it so we signed we pretty much signed Calvin Ramsey, which looked great. Young right back, apparently highly thought of. Uh, uh Mr. Joyce put the line that he's going, that's Liverpool done now until 2023, which I feel a bit sorry for because it, it, it kind of glossed over that we just signed the lad. And social media blew up because Kev, we all thought everyone thought we were signing uh, Bellingham and that um that, that illusion seems to have vanished, doesn't it, really, Mike? It definitely seems to have vanished, Chris. Almost IP vanished. There you go. Almost There's your IP for the show. Chris. Uh, no. <laughs> so, for those who didn't know, if your browser's gone online in incognito, well, it doesn't actually protect your privacy. You're basically giving all your security away to hackers and advertisers and all the undesirables. So, what you need to get yourself is IP Vanish VPN, which will keep you truly private and secure on the internet, and it'll protect 100% of your data. Uh, IP Vanish can be used on unlimited devices without sacrificing speed, and you can use it at home or out in the public. And all it is is one click of a button. So for you guys who are watching us, uh, they're offering you guys 70% off their yearly plan with 30-day money-back guarantee. So basically you're getting nine months for free, and these guys are still at 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So if you want to take up the offer, go to ipvanish.com forward slash daytrippers, and all the details are in the link below. Right. Oh, 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 that's right. My phone. And that's us getting demonetized. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, we don't get that. We don't get no, super chats. You're all good. Just, just so you know, that's not that's not the uh, the ringtone for IP Vanish. <laughs> I just started that out, Chris. I just started that out, to be fair. I just said, yeah, that's that's the. I'm a, oh, I'm, a, I'm a 39-year-old white man. There's no way I'm styling anybody. Have you seen the sign? If we get the mother's ties with this video, I massively apologize to Gav. I don't, I, I don't think that's anyone's song, luckily. Bless you. Oh, Turn your phone off, though. Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> Oscar, before we jump in for the rest of the guys, uh, outside of looking in, if the no midfielder for Liverpool is true, 
how the Liverpool adapt, look for next season? Or is it a bit of a game of poker, this? Because it's, in my opinion, it's very rare that the, the local patch is briefed this early about anything. So I'll let you, you think, Oscar. Yeah, I think, first of all, <laughs> the thing to mention is that, like, the way people are talking is like Jordan Henderson's like a terrible midfielder all of a sudden and Naby Keita's terrible and all this lot. You're thinking, they're not bad midfielders. It's just the fact that Man City, you look what Man City are operating with. That's what you, your benchmark's got to be. You know, obviously we've said about Rodri, KDB, Bernardo Silva, Gundogan, all these different kind of players. Liverpool, I think I've got some very, very good midfielders. I just think they need someone else alongside Fabinho and Thiago, you know, is going to really own that position. And you've got to mention as well, Thiago is not going to play every game. He's you, Your benchmark's 25 games a season in the league. You might get 30, 35 out of him in all competitions. You're not going to get every game out of Thiago Alcantara. For me, it does seem bizarrely early to confirm something like that. And then we feel this is a size six weeks before the season. I just can't see it. I still think you will probably go for someone. It probably won't be Jude Bellingham. I do feel like Jude Bellingham is probably going to be more of a next summer kind of transfer. But there's a few. There's a few players I look at potentially you could go for. And this might sound mad, but I look at real <laughs> this might sound crazy. I mean, I don't know what kind of money he's on. But I look at like a Real Madrid, for example. Yeah, they obviously brought in Camavinga, a couple of midfielders, loads of different kind of number eights and that Valverde obviously emerging. Could you really test the waters with someone like a Tony Cruz and just say, what about playing, finishing your career in the Premier League? Could you do something like that? I don't know. Might finish his legs off, to be fair. I thought you were going to say Valverde, then I was getting quite excited. <laughs> you for Valverde? I like his versatility. I like his versatility because he. He'd cover centre mid in a 4-3-3. And if we went 4-2-3-1, he'd be quite good in the wider positions as well. As we saw, to be fair, as we saw in Champions League, he was very good. So, but to be fair, but uh, Real Madrid, and obviously, I never sell Valverde to anyone. So, but yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think I've done a quick mass. I think so. We've got eight to nine registered centre mids. So we have got wow. ten. We've got number wise, we've actually got quite a lot of centre mids. But the question it always is quality. Fabinho. No, I don't think it's even quality. Fabinho's a quality DM, misses at least yeah. two months' season. Thiago, we've said 25 games max. Keita actually was available quite a lot this season, but he does have spells out. Milner's 48 years old, so you, you know, you've got to limit his minutes. Yeah. Jones and Elliot are kids. So, but Jones again was doing okay for Liverpool until he had his detached rep, detached rep, which is a bit of a blow. And then Henderson made the most appearances last year. I think he played 54 games last year. Yeah, I think and he made think- the most appearances out of anyone. Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason for the, the dip in Henson's form was I think he was overplayed. But I think yeah. he was overplayed because we all remember that the, the game at Tottenham where we ended up with, is it Caton Milner? Also, because Kate got, injured, yeah. uh, got injured or got COVID. So I think it's the reliability that's more of an issue in terms of availability, sorry. Do you not look at, like, I'm, we're going to talk about Tottenham, but I just look at Bazuma at the price mentioned. I just think if someone who can cover Fabinho, playing Fabinho's position... Probably better a bit higher up the pitch. You can play it anywhere in that midfield three. Have you not missed a trick there, possibly? I think it was more off the pitch issues yeah. about why we didn't really and the, there is go a near him. And plus, apparently, he wanted to go to Arsenal last summer. 
Like that was who he really wanted to go to. So Liverpool just went, all right, see you later. Goodbye. Does anyone um, really want to go to Arsenal though? Like really want to go well, there? Apparently he he's an Arsenal fan. He he wanted to he pushed for the Arsenal move last year and Arsenal backed out. And to me, you gotta ask yourself, what did Arsenal find out about him as a person? To me, because yeah. he would have he would have suited Arsenal to it. He's exactly what Arsenal need. Mm. And what did they what did what do people inside the game know? that we don't and you have to assume that there's something there because at 25 million Spurs can't have been the only one who were who would have been interested in, in, in him at that price um, the off-field off stuff we'll, we'll see what happens with that but on the pitch he's yeah he's a good player mm. you know can I just caveat that as well caveat the, the off-field stuff I was assuming he'd been cleared there that was my that was my that was my fault if no. He's still on Bell. He's still on Bell. Yeah. Tottenham are paying. Risky one then in that kind of sense. Which made well. Don't sign you know what heads. Well, Trouble Laker there is a good shot. Matias Nunez. I thought he was off to Wolves. Yeah, I think he's not reasonably priced at 45 million euro. Um, like uh, Vieira's going to Arsenal today at thirty-four million pounds. That's all the money for him. All of the money plus some, because I, I just five don't, million add-ons. I think so. Well, yeah, I million. I don't think he's worth that much. Yeah, um, like twenty league starts last season. Which yeah, isn't a, a lot. He's a good player. He's I've I've only seen him over a tournament for Portugal for the under twenty ones. He was a Portuguese under twenty one captain last year. And I watched a bit of him this year, and he's good, but I don't think he's going to be pulling up any trees. And for thirty-five million, or thirty-four million plus, you need better for for that kind of money for me. Um, Liverpool were looking apparently testing the waters with Sangare, and they obviously we were happy. heavily linked. Yeah, we were heavily linked with Chiumeni. So I think when you when the pre, when the club briefed the press to make that kind of statement that you know we're done now. We've done, we've got our three signings. We're done. It's kind of like going into a car a car showroom with a bulging wallet and saying, "I need a car. Anything with four wheels and an MOT will do." You know, the salesman's going to look at you and he's going to right. I'm getting a bonus here. <laughs> you know, he's just going to have you over a barrel because they know that you have money and you have to buy a player. The likes of Oxley Chamberlain needs a move this summer. You know, to revive his career. You know, to kickstart his career again. He needs to be playing football regularly at his age, like Adam Lallana when he moved to Brighton. <laughs> now, if we're looking to be actively, actively looking to be selling him, we're going to want to try and maximise, like we did with Sadio Mane, the best possible deal we can get for him. You don't do that by telling everyone that we're having a fire sale because we need to bring us in a midfielder. Mm. You know, so... I do, I do wonder how much that... I always wonder... How many clubs really fall for that? Because no, they I mean, don't. But it's, I, it's, say, I say, if four lads on the internet can say that, I'm pretty sure yeah, yeah. I, th I think it, work it out. But I think it's a case that look, if we went in with the nine midfielders that we have, okay, you've got Fabinho, Thiago, Henderson, Milner, Jones, Cavallo, you have Elias, seven, uh, Tyler Morton, eight, and I think there is one more, Chamberlain. 
uh, Navigator. Navigator. Oh, yeah. That's that's nine to play in three in three positions. You know, you're going to be playing. Hopefully, God willing, we'll be playing 64 games again next season. You have to fill three spots for but you have to for fill. those amount of games. Take out the league, the domestic cups early rounds because they're going to be filled with the squad players. What do we really, really need? You know, mm. if we're going to be targeting Jude Bellingham next summer, then if it the, was the only reason you don't do a deal this year because we have to replace Bobby next year, and we possibly will have to replace Sal- uh, Salah next year. So the only reason you wait for a Jude Bellingham is if you've had a nod and a wink. You know, that yeah, it, he wants Liverpool and same kind of thing that Thiago did. I don't want to talk to anyone else. I'll do I want my deal with you. That's my buyout. Let's just talk about the wages. Yeah. I mean, the way to flip it so, is I'm I still fine. think we get one one more in. I think we get a job I, I'm fine with waiting for a Bellingham if you if you think you've got a good chance of getting him, because why wouldn't you? You know. Yeah. But even if Bellingham comes in, and just say fancy fancy world Bells comes in, you're still then looking at going. Well, Milner's going to leave. If Chamberlain doesn't go, Chamberlain's going. There's two centimetres gone. Cater maybe. Cater may be going, maybe not going. I think Cater might get a new deal. Uh, but then Henderson's another year older. Henderson probably will eventually evolve into the Milner role. So and then you probably put at Jones then. It, yeah, if so he's gone enough this season. Are you potentially yeah. looking at offers for him? I don't know why you look at offers for Jones because, um, you know, from March onwards, Elliot's getting nowhere near the squad, and that, and I don't think all of that is also to do with off the field stuff on Instagram or or his fitness stuff. I think it's because, in my opinion, Elliot's got all the talent in the world, but off the ball, he's, he doesn't do enough yet, and uh, defensively, and I think that's the thing he's going to learn. But he's what is he? 18, 17, 18, uh, 18, oh, 18, 18, 19. He's yeah. an 18-year-old kid. What do you expect? But my question is, play devil's advocate then. Say we don't sign anyone. If we are talking everyone saying of a 4-2-3-1, then you're basically saying Henson, Fabinho, Thiago, Cater, and Milner. Those five cover the two holding positions. Yeah. And then you say to Jones and Elliot, and Ox if he stays. And Anna Cavallio as well. Anna Cavallio. They're more going to play in... They'll be your support players for Diaz, Salah, Bobby, and, and Darwin. Jones's background is when he's in the twenty when he's in the twenty threes was left of a front three, or he played left in a four four two three one because that suited his gains cut inside. Yeah. Elliot prefers to play on the right, and Carvalho is brilliant through the middle for Fulham. So maybe that's the way they're thinking. If they can't get the one they want, is the four two three one, and also that takes leg pressure off. Henderson, Fabinho, Cater, because they don't have to do much running. Or Oscar, is that wishful thinking from a Liverpool fan? Which may I well be the case. I, I wouldn't change system for me. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. For me, I think you kind of mentioned it at the start of the show. I think if you were waiting for Jude Bellingham, for me, a sensible thing to do would be to go to Southampton and just get James Ward Prowse. Now, I don't think James Ward Prowse. I forgot we said that. <laughs> I don't think he's like the complete, the complete, like, jigsaw in the puzzle kind of thing um, but he's a decent little stop gap until you get to Bellingham because I look at like the way Henderson and Trent link up on that side of the pitch obviously Trent cuts in Henderson might go on the outside of him I think if you have Ward Prowse going on the outside of him that extra bit of quality delivery you've got Darwin Nunes in there a six foot three centre forward coming into crosses from Ward Prowse coming into crosses from Trent Alexander-Arnold 
I think it might be quite an interesting one. I don't think James Ward-Prowse is a particularly great footballer, but in terms of end product, getting the ball into the box, work rate, I think he's a good fit just for the short term until you get some like the funds for Jude Bellingham. I, I think that's your option. I just think going to a 4 2 3 one, I look at your options at 10 and says obviously Carvalho thinks a really good player. Jones and Elliot I think are really promising as well. Firmino. But are any of them really are there any of them really like proper, proper number tens like well, Bobby the actually, in the world in that position? Bobby, Bobby was a 10 when we signed him from Hoffenheim. But is he um, the same player now? Is it, I, I, I love Firmino, but he's not the same. No, he's, he has, not. he's not quite the same player. I think in two years ago, he could have done it no problem. But I think now, mm. I look at the other number 10s in the league, I don't think they're in that class for me, the options you have at this minute in time to change to a 4 2 3 1 and change your whole style of play for a potentially a number 10 who's not good enough at this moment in time. I think you should stay to a 4 3 3, bring in someone for the short term and wait for Bellingham. Or even better, get Bellingham in now. Yeah. I think to get Bellingham out of Dortmund this season would probably take an offer of in around 90 million euro. Yeah. But we'll we'll pay 50, 60 for... Yeah, I don't think the money would be a problem, to be fair, because you look at what we're recouping. We're not Harland and Bellingham same summer. But I don't think that will bother us too much. To be fair to Kev, Kev's right, he pointed out, I think the money Dortmund made from Haaland isn't actually that much. I think hmm. I think it was uh, it was great for Dortmund to get, to get a player yeah. on Haaland on the pitch, but I don't think they made that much money. I think RB Salzburg made more money from it than Dortmund, which is a bit mad, really. So, maybe it's but look, I don't do, do Dortmund need the money. I don't know if my German football are, are they hard up for cash. I feel like doubt I don't think they are. But German clubs are normally pretty well run. Yeah. Uh, Trouble Lake is saying Christian Eriksen on a free. It's an option. It's, it's a, an option, but it, you know what? I loved Christian Eriksen when Eriksen was at Ajax and we brought in, I think it was in around the time he was at Ajax and we brought in Coutinho at the same time. And I remember, remember watching a BBC grandstand and they are football focused and they did a special on Ajax and Christian Eriksen at Ajax. I think England were playing Denmark in a friendly or something at the time. And um, he was a special, special player. He really was. And he was brilliant for Brentford last year. But at Brentford, he was given time and freedom to play in how he wants to play. And I honestly 100% believe that he should stay at Brentford for the rest of his career and be the big fish in the small pond, and build. Then the club will be built around how he wants to play. Plus, Brent, I think if he goes to a big club again, you get lost. Plus, to be fair to him, Brentford's the only ones who really took a chance at him after you know his his, his health scare. Uh, San, Tansy points out money talks. They, I think, it means Dortmund uh, were willing to sell Sancho to United a season before they actually went there. Obviously, United just didn't pay the yeah. fee, so. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Look, yeah, I don't think the, the fee would be a problem for Liverpool when you look at look at what we're bringing in now. Look at the, the, the fee we're bringing in for Sadio, okay? Tacky is 17 million first come, first serve. So Nico is 15. Nico is 15. There's a lot of interest in the balance. Well, the talk Nat is, is the only Nat could be got, staying and going on loan. The only interest we've got in Nat is loan deals. Nobody wants to pay the money for him. Yeah. Um, you also have the Gruwich money coming in this summer. You had the Harvey, uh, Harry Wilson money coming in this summer. Because we delayed Plus most any months. other sales from the, from the rest of the squad that go out Chamberlain would, have to be, would have to be replaced. And we've just come off a massive run in the Premier League, a Champions League final. The night deal, the merchandising and everything is through the roof. So if Which, we wanted to make a statement signing... In a Jude Bellingham, I firmly believe in the long term that is a pure money ball signing. It's a pure FSG signing. You're signing oh, a player for 10 years. Sam Tandy points out you forgot the 100 you know? million we're going to get for Ben Davis. The world's, <laughs> the, world's, the world's invisible man. You know, he's blessed. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I honestly is, think though, we're in a good spot. If you don't do Bellingham this summer, you. You're adding, a, you're putting a lot of pressure on next summer because you. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Might have about to replace Salah. going to be busy anyway, as it is. Yeah, you've got to get it done now. Mino's leaving, potentially. So, are you just? I wouldn't be surprised. Next you know, more difficult. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if Bobby goes on a 12-month rolling contract from next from next year at his age. He's and Klopp uh, loves him, and yeah, he seems happy, and, he, and yeah. he's he's he sort of breaks the roles as a. If you take a uh, pay cut. Well, you look at Milner's already taken a pay cut. To yeah, yeah. You know, and, and yeah. a sizable pay cut by all accounts as well. Like a and ninety grand pay cut, I think, to stay. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, a nice plus way. That's a that's a hell of a, a hell of a thing for any player to do. You know, because yeah, he, he had offers. He could have gone to two or three other clubs and probably played a lot more football. Mm. I mean, if I'm honest, I know people say, "Oh, to take pay cut." I really don't give a shit about football. It's a pay cut. It's not my money. I don't care less. Pay the money. <laughs> hey, if, the, if the club are willing to pay it and they're willing to accept it, go for it. And mm. I, I don't get hung up on what footballers earn. They earn what they earn. You know, so be it. Uh, I mean, Kev, I mean, we'll talk about centre We have signed a centre midfielder. You know, yeah. Jay Spearing. <laughs> well, this, this story came out of nowhere, but uh, when you read into it, it's a bit of a quirky way of doing things, but it's interesting. So Jay Spearing is coming back into the club where he's going to do his coaching badges. He's going to play a bit of under twenty threes football, but his his role is to is a new role that Inglethorpe, the academy director, has brought in, and it is to drive in, um, is to help develop the under twenty threes, under eighteens. Now, whether that's to develop them to be ready for to Liverpool first team, or whether it's to give some the reality check of not all of you will make it as a Liverpool player, because guess what, loads of lads don't make it into academies across all Premier League clubs. This is what you need to be to be ready for men's football. So if you want to, like, look, he had one full season at Liverpool in the first team, Jay Spearing, you know, yeah. under Kenny. Uh, he had a couple of appearances under Rafa. Uh, but then he went on to have a career in Championship, League One, League Two, you know, probably a good money, you know, lived the dream of being a professional footballer. 
maybe that's maybe it's what was it's a development point. But how are you seeing it? I think it's a great move for Spearing, and it's a good, smart move for the club to show the show the, to show the academy players that look, not everything's a better roses, but there is a career to be had in the game, and you got to look at the quality of players that we're bringing in at the 15, 16, 17 year, year age bracket at the minute. There, and apparently we're looking to bring in a kid that Arsenal are desperate to keep. So I'll keep an eye out for that one. A young, I think Kieran Thorne was talking about it. A young 15 or 16 year old kid from Arsenal. Really, really highly rated. But we're bringing in a lot of quality at that age range to hopefully develop and give the option, you know, the chance to get into a first team. But across most sides in the top, I'd argue the top 10 clubs in the Premier League, the vast majority of under-23s don't make it to stay in the same club. You very rarely see sides, um, if they do break in, that they, that they play a second season. A lot of the times they might have one good, they might have a breakout season and they're sold. Or they just fall away. They, you know, too much too soon. Um, it's a good move for him. You know, for players that came through the academy, that you can go out and have a career and come back. It's very similar thing to what Ajax do, and a lot of the Dutch clubs do actually. Is that you know you might come through at Ajax, be sold by Ajax, have a career somewhere in Europe, and then find your way back into the club. You know, I think that's a a good way of do of in the long run of helping these players after they, their careers are about to come to an end. You know, come back, do your coaching badges, and if you want to go into management, we'll help you there too. You know, just because you leave the club at twenty one, twenty two, we don't renew your contract. Doesn't mean that you're finished in football, and mm. you can still find your way back into into the club later on down the line. You know, it's. I mean, it's. I think it's a really good thing that clubs should be. Clubs should be doing it more often, to be honest. Yeah. Luke, I mean, uh, Sam Tandy puts a good point. Spearing knows how to break through our academy, which, to be fair, he did. Uh, so that experience yeah. will help. And as Kev's been pointing out, you know, there's a big thing in football of, for a lot of young players, how crushing it is to be an academy yeah. from the age of eight to eighteen, so and then go, maybe, right, you're done, you're done now, off you go. And it is a little bit, it's very cut from right down, you're done, next batch. And I think maybe someone like a Jake Spearing, who basically, I mean, he got sold, but, you know, it's going through that, oh, I don't play for my dream, I don't play for my, my, my club anymore, which, you know, he's a big Liverpool fan, you know. Yeah. It's kind of like, this is how you cope with it. So maybe this is also like a bit of a post-Liverpool looking after players, you know. This is where you go if you don't make it. I mean, look, Oscar, they'll probably do so. You would think Leeds would like something like that because not every academy player it's going to be um, like Gelhard. I'm going to break through and do really well. You know, there'll be loads of talents at Leeds and Leeds Academy is very good that aren't going to make it. So it's how they cope with it. Yeah, I think at any club, there's always going to be a low percentage, uh, really, relatively speaking. It's not very rarely going to get anywhere near even half the players that are in the academy really make it to the Premier League level or the level of the club they're in the academy for. Kind of thing. The only step really is down for most of the players, really. But the thing is, well, to mention about Spearing is just because he wasn't the best player doesn't mean he's not going to be the best coach kind of thing. It's not, yeah. doesn't really always work like that. You know, obviously we've seen with Lampard at Everton kind of thing, you know, across 
across the park. It's, it, it doesn't doesn't mean anything really in terms of. I was I always start on Lampard. To be fair, it's not a, it's not a rare thing for me to start on Lampard, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything in that kind of respect. You know, you look at the top managers in the world. You know, a lot of them were average footballers. You know, it's it's not Klopp, the end of the world. The fact yeah. that Klopp admits it. Yeah, he, was, it, he said I, I had the brave of footballers, but I had no talent to go with it, which <laughs> which held me back. This is it exactly. It's it's um, it doesn't necessarily mean he's not going to be. Um, a really good coach you know he's, I think in a way it's better I think certainly for working with the under 23s the fact that he hasn't quite made it um, in terms of you know being a Liverpool regular whether he was ever at that level I don't know probably wasn't but the fact that he has had to go to the Bolton he has had to go into League One you know in that kind of respect as well and he's it's been a lot of tricky situations in his career you know he's, not, he's played for a club at Bolton where they've actually got a business so he'll know perspective he'll be able to teach these players perspective and and as I imagine he's picked up some good coaching badges. So again, I think it's a decent. It could be a decent move um, in a lot of different respects. But uh, but yeah, it should never just because Jay Spearing wasn't a good player doesn't mean it, it's not a good appointment as a coach. I mean, Michael Beale who's just gone to QPR, one of the best coaches yeah. in England. I mean, so many people I've spoken to in England say he's, he's mm-hmm. among the top two or three in um, in England at the very least. So it doesn't matter necessarily. And let's be honest. Michael Beale, with his CV, in terms of what he's done, probably gets a better job than QPR if he'd had a better playing career, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think just the fact he didn't have a playing career means that no other club took a punt on him. It's took this long for him to get a job just for that reason. And, that, and that's nonsense, really, if we're being totally honest. Yeah. That's been not, if John is, Terry I mean, will walk but, into a job soon. Yeah, yeah, but listen, we'll move on for... From Jake's experience tonight, so listen. When he starts away at City in April, and when oh, it falls off, it'll be, it'll, be, it'll be absolutely amazing. But I'll, know, I'll be fuming if that ever happens. But yeah, right. Before we move off out the subject, uh, I've just seen this co- comment here, but I think th- th- I think the sort of stuff needs to be dismissed a little bit. Uh, Darren Spaceport, ooh, I've lost him. In essence, say our current owners um, invest all their money. Uh, basically, here we go. Darren says, Liverpool owners take a ch- take a big chunk of profit. City owners invest in the pitch. Hard to say, but true. It's not actually true. Because, and it looks, Darren, come back at me if I'm wrong, but there's nothing in anything in our accounts that, that says any money from the owner, money goes to the owners. The only money that goes to the owners is the loan they gave us for the, for the stand. So that's all it is. Um, and ultimately, as much as people don't like, and I think people are going to find this conversation a little uncomfortable, is if we don't sign a midfielder, it's not just the owners that have agreed that. It's Jurgen Klopp. After two extensions, I think he kind of likes the way things are run. I think he kind of likes the way we do business. So if we don't sign someone, it's as much on Jurgen Klopp as it is on the owners. I, I know people don't like to say that because it's it's just it's an easy thing to shout at the owners, but it's the way of the world. Now look, I could be wrong, but that's my that's how I see it. The only money that goes out of um the club to FSG is to the directors in terms of wages. The likes of Mike Gordon draws a wage. Um, the club itself is self-sufficient. It's self-sustained. I'd urge anyone to go and watch an episode of Coppish from last week where they had Mo Shatra on. I think it was Thursday night and Callum did an interview with him where they explained how the club finances work and the ins and outs of it and how we spend, how we make money. 
it's a great watch and it's well worth watching and you'll learn a lot coming out of it. Also, follow him on Twitter um, and also Swiss Ramble. The, Swiss Ramble's very good. Yeah, any of the, these guys, when they do um, big, long threads, they go into the detail of the known finances of the club where they go through the accounts, they go through the ins and outs, and you can see what money goes where. And you ha- you have to look at it and think, as a club, we we're, we we can spend what we make. We buy and sell. We sell really well, not as well as others, but we buy. Our strike rate in the transfer market is impeccable, and mm-hmm. that's down to everything from the recruitment team, the manager, the owners, and the caliber of players, the quality of characters that we're looking to sign. It's the whole package. You don't do it this often by accident. And you have to stand back and say, look, just because I like the look of a certain player, I like I love the look of too many. But I bet you when I think Keith was talking about it on a show last week, and he was probably right on the money. We'd probably been out of that race for too many for a good month or six weeks once Real Madrid lost out on Mbappe, and it was yeah. known that they were losing out on him, that they had to Save face and go, and they threw silly money at him in the end. I think we'd, I was apparently we'd agreed a fee, we'd agreed wages, but Real Madrid came in and just blew us completely out of the water. And we've always maintained that we won't overpay. We have a the club will have a a market and a player value of what they believe a player is worth, and they will go to that but they won't go over it. And I think that's the right way to do it because you can t- be taken from mugs that's in what we the do window if you, if you start getting desperate. And I think that's, the way we look... Sorry, sorry the way I was going to say, the way we handled the, the thing with Sadio, Sadio has 12 months left in his contract. Here's a guy who could go for nothing next summer. And he made it clear he wanted to go. He wanted to go to only Bayern. So we leveraged the best possible fee that we could or a player who, with those kind of stipulations that, you know, I want to go to this club and this club only, do your best. But that's where I want to go. And we facilitated the move for him. You know, we mm. could have put our foot down and said, no, you see out the rest of your contract. It would have suited us better in the long run. You know, but you can't also be seen, and this is where I say to a club like Leeds with the way that they're going to be going in their transfer market, you can't be seen as a club who stops players leaving because it's uh, it doesn't suit you at the time. If you look at, say, someone like Aronson, who you brought in for 20 million or whatever fee you paid for him, and he really kicks on and becomes a 55, 60, 70 million pound player, then you you can't turn around in two years' time when, when a, a Real Madrid or a Bayern Munich or a PSG come in looking for him. No, you've got three years left in your contract. We want to keep you because eventually what will happen is what happened with Southampton the tap will be turned off on you. These players won't want to come to you anymore because you're seen as, as a stopper of talent. Whereas if you facilitate talent to go, you'll be an attractive club to be able to attract these type of players to develop them, to sell them on. In the long run, you start playing in higher markets. Then you start bringing in £30 million players to develop and £40 million to develop. And suddenly you're looking, you're West Ham and you're in Europe. You know what I mean? That's how West Ham did. West Ham have done nothing special. They haven't signed any world-class, world-beating players. They've just brought in a good nucleus of a squad. 
and at the, at good values, you know, at the 20 to 25 million pound mark, and just develop them and turn themselves into a side who could compete in Europe. You know, that's not out of the reach for the vast majority of clubs in the Premier League if you buy well. You know, that's how I just see, I see a lot of clubs going in the next few years. They should be looking at the likes of what West Ham did last season and saying, look, if we can get into the Europa League, you know, there's a good chance that you can go deep in that competition if you're if you're seen to buy right and seen to yeah. buy well. And that's I mean, not out of reach. That's not beyond the realms of possibility for the vast majority of the clubs in the Premier League because the incomes that the league, that the clubs get in the league are really, really good. Now, there's a lot of money if you're if you're looking to spend well. Yeah, I mean, it looks like Chelsea are going down that route now with their new owners. They seem to, they've name checked Liverpool's process twice now, so that seems to be going. Michael Edwards. Yeah, uh, I, I, I pretty much certain Julian Ward's password protected his um, his laptop anyway, so it's okay. I mean, he's pretty much played, he's changed the uh, the bank password anyway, so John Henry doesn't know where all his money's going, so it's fine. Uh, good to see Rico in the chat. I forgot about this. Everton are looking at signing uh, Tarkowski, which again. They need a dominant centre-back because they're most I wonder where Nick Pope ends up, though. You know, He's running out of options, you know. He's running out of places to go. Maybe Leicester? Replace uh, Michael? I think Nottingham Forest, Forest got quoted 40 million from Burnley. Yeah, but yes. that's I think that's early posturing. That'll probably come. I always think once the, once the price is named, you, you know where you can it's go down. one year left on this deal as well. McGavin yeah. Bazunu's got to Southampton. Southampton, for yeah, which million. makes me worried yeah. that Kelleher's going to be knocking on the door, going, "I need to leave now because I need." I think it's possible. Yeah, Sam Tandy yeah. and uh, Owen News both both mentioned Newcastle. I mean, look, Newcastle probably do need an upgrade in the keeper. Yeah, they do. And, and to be fair, Pope's better than the Pope than all the keepers they've got at the moment. And for Pope, that's a nice move as well. It's a, it's a you know the the big crowd at Newcastle big. Big payday as well. It, it, Pope needs a big move because if Pope gets a move to Newcastle and does well for the first three months, he's then got his own the inside enough. track into the England squad for me. I, I think the only reason Pope doesn't get in is because he plays for Burnley. I genuinely think that's the only reason Nick Pope was, is nowhere near the England squad is because yeah. he's got this Burnley tag next to him. He did dip last year, though. I mean, to be fair, most of Burnley dipped last year. That's why they went down. At um, the end of the but, season, though, he almost kept him up on his own, I thought. Yeah, yeah. but I think, but I think the... First six seven months, you were. Yeah, yeah. I think Nick Pope is a really good shot stopper. He's just not very good with his feet. He never will be. He just never will be. But he's an excellent shot stopper. But I don't think either Pickford or Ramsdale are particularly great at the feet. I think Ramsdale's okay, but Pickford's a bit panicking. Ramsdale's the. I honestly, I think there's a few lads. There's a few lads on the podcast who are ex goalkeepers and. Both of them have played at a good level. Mm. League, of, and, League of Ireland, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah Dabo played in the League of Ireland, and he's um, he knows his keepers, and he anal- he's he's actually sat and analysed Ramsdale and the triggers that he makes, the movement that he makes. You actually watch him; he spills the ball an awful lot. He makes elaborate yeah. saves when it's not needed. Is he's decent with his feet. Yeah, I think his, fo- his footwork's. That- his footwork is really weak, and I don't mean as in kicking, as in... I think his intelligence. His footwork yeah, I've noticed that across right. the board with the English goalkeepers as a whole. Mm. Their footwork isn't great. That's yeah. why if Pope, that's a country yeah. issue. Pope plays for Arsenal, Ramsdale plays for Burnley. There is not a chance 
Pope doesn't get in over Ramsdale. Oh, yeah, no. no he's a better keeper. He's a yeah. better keeper, full stop. It's just the Burnley type of thing that works against. I don't think, listen, that's a clear weakness for England. Yeah, you look at the goalkeepers that Germany are dealing with, France. Yeah. It's nowhere near Brazil. Yeah, I mean, think of, Edison's on the bench for Brazil. It's 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 nowhere near. But yeah. I think you just go shot stopper for me. I think you just take. You have to accept he's going to make mistakes with his with his feet. I think you just go for shot stopper and keep you in the game. Right. What what we'll do gonna, what I was going to ask Chris to bring that question up. Actually, yeah, I was going to say. Look at the time now. We're, we're going to talk about fixture congestion and preseason budget routes. We'll, we'll talk about that next week because there's loads of more. Yeah. So what we'll do is just well for the next five minutes. We'll, we'll just, finish up on this one. Uh, any questions in the chat? Ping a few in. We'll try. We'll try and do a quick, quick fire questions. So, Kev, quick answer. Uh, do Newcastle get a top six position this season? I'm going to see based on the current state of the squad. No. They need to be not with the type of players that they're targeting at the moment. No. Um, they Ekatike is one who's for the future for sure. He's on the PSG now. Is he well? They were strongly linked with him. Uh, whether he ends up at PSG, I, for the sake of his career, he should go to Newcastle. He, if he goes to PSG, he doesn't play. You know, he just becomes another one that they have coming off the bench. Um, I think they need to be a lot more active a, at a better rate, at a better quality of player if they're looking to get into the top six. Um. No, I, and to be honest, I thought they would go ham this window, but it doesn't look like they're going to. Yeah, I just think that the, the it's been a bit quiet the window so far, really, hasn't it? Yeah, I think I think it's just waiting for that one big move, and then uh, all the dominoes are mm. gonna fall. Spurs yeah. have done some great business. Yeah, they, we, they have done some really need, good business. We need to talk about Spurs next. We need to talk about Spurs next week because they have done some good business. To yeah. be fair, so we haven't got round to. Um, Luke, Newcastle top six? Uh, no, not at the moment. No, uh, uh, obviously my opinion could change uh, at on... the end of the window, but at the moment, no. That's fine, uh, Oscar. No, no. At this moment in time, I think they've still got a lot of work to do. But to be fair, in January, if they had a similar summer window to what they did in January in terms of the quality and amount of signings, possibly. But I just look at the rest of the top six, and I think, unfortunately, Man United will improve. Arsenal, I think, will probably get that centre forward in. Tottenham have already done what they've done. Chelsea, I just can't. I think it will just be that traditional top six, to be honest. Newcastle, probably the most likely to break into it, but... There'll still be a big gap there for me. I still think West Ham are probably the ones to watch to break into it. I, I don't know West Ham. They had the drop off. Dep- depending on horrible Villa, drop off. They did have a hell of a drop, but I wonder if that was more because they literally put all their eggs in the Europa League basket. Which, to be fair, I don't blame them. They I mean they, they were one game away from the European final. The, which is the thing is with West Ham is um, if they can keep keep the oh, players that they need to keep and add mm-hmm. one or two. Yeah, because the Declan Rice talks on very, very quiet. I mean, yeah, it's amazing what a hundred million price tag does tend to put a lot of people off. To be honest, yeah. What's the name of the Ukrainian? The, the, no, the, Yarmolenko. Oh, Yarmolenko. Yeah, yeah. He's left. He's, he's, left, he's, he's going. But you've got um, a couple of kids coming through, coming through there as well. Noble's obviously gone off the wage bill now, so they need to add a couple of players. Um, I think. Chelsea need to start getting their house in order 
they've got uh, virtually a back four that they need to be looking at bringing in. And they need to be looking at what they're going to do about Lukaku. That deal needs to get done soon. Also, they need to look at Kante. Kante can't do the what, he, what he's been doing for the last four or five years. His body just won't let him do it anymore. That's um, like but Chelsea need to pull their finger out and... Um, and they start want, to and start to make making some intelligent signings, and they don't want. And apparently, Zeech and Werner they're open to offers if people want to put an offer in front. So there you go, Oscar Zeech to lead. Can't stay fit, but you know. I would say I would ask you about Christian Pulisic. No, no, to Leeds. No, oh, I can't see that. To Leeds. Oh, from Christian Pulisic, Liverpool. I can't. I can't. It'd have to be alone at the full. Um, I can't see it. To be honest, Kev. I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I can't see. If he that. came Oscar, you'd get the injury table ready, waiting for him with his own. Oh yeah, yeah. With, don't need any more of that. Yeah, pick, pick, <laughs> picky table. God, you get first choice. <laughs> yeah. So, last question. Ava says, "Do Forest win the league? Win the league and next season the Champions League? Just like, just like being back in the eighties? Uh, it'd be hilarious. Nineteen seventy. <sighs> 1977. You never 1976, see, 77 season. You never see stuff like that anymore, do you? It's a random saga no. and just go, wham. It's just that part of football, just, I just think it ever happens, sadly. But anyway, listen, it's half 11. I'll be honest. We don't, we, we, we normally try to stick to an hour. It's never quite worked out. Yeah, has it, Kev? <laughs> no, no. All that talking Luke does. I was going to yeah. say, Luke, you, um, is there anything coming up UFC wise? Um, what happened in the last the last pay per view? Ah, uh, the last pay per view was actually quite fun. Actually, um, it was on it was paper. I know you said Kev, it didn't look good on paper, but when yeah. a card doesn't look good on paper, it usually delivers, and it delivered. Great title fight. Um, so unlucky for Glover. Yeah. Went for the guillotine finish, when he didn't need to go to the didn't need to go with a guillotine. He even said, I think. He said today, I watched that back and I just get so annoyed because he knew he shouldn't have uh, got caught. First time he's ever lost by submission in, in his career, which is quite astonishing. At 43 his years of age, that's a hell of a... First fight career. And Valentina Shevchenko, lucky to keep hold of that belt. I thought she lost. And that accidental headbutt, oh, Talia Santos might have helped her, kept her belt because... Um, I think Santos had a detached retina in one eye, so couldn't see for over half the fight. So, yeah, lucky to keep hold of that belt. Sorry, I was going to ask you about the Wei Li fight because that was the one I saw the knockout. Oh, yeah, yeah, great knockout. Yeah, great knockout. She'll she'll fight for the belt. Um, I Yeah, probably probably end up doing a watch on for that fight. Hope it's more entertaining. I think she wins the belt again. And uh, with the uh, Joanna, she bows out. Obviously, not the way she wanted to go, but you know, at I least she's finished. out the game, healthy, and enjoy yeah. her retirement. Yeah, cool, Oscar. Thanks for having you back on. We haven't had you on for ages. We need to get you on a bit more regularly these days. Um, so, if people they must know by now, but if they don't know, where can they find you? Uh, fans on all these TV on YouTube, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Just hit like, subscribe, follow. Uh, we're, on the, we're quite regular. We're quite regular. Um, just transfer content, 
who's coming, who's going. Um, little reactions to Mark Rocker earlier on this evening have put out. Yeah, guys, check it out. Check it out. Um, yeah, you find the same. Are you still doing YouTube. the uh, Spanish stuff as well, Oscar? Or is that coming back next later in the, when the season um, I, Probably, probably I'm going all the next week. Maybe after I come back off holiday. If I've got time, I will, I will bring <laughs> that back. I will bring it back. Yeah. Jet setting Oscar. Right, guys, listen, it's half 11. Time for bed. Kev's getting grumpy now. He's going to start shouting at me soon again. <laughs> I'll get, get I'll begin a piece of WhatsApps all night. So, you know, I think we just need to go home now. And yeah. also, I'm tired. So that also doesn't help things. <laughs> so, listen, thanks very much for everyone for tuning in. Uh, don't forget the charity Failacon. Details are in the uh, description below. Please donate if you can. If you can't donate, just share it and try. let's try and get to this 10K. I think we're at, we're at seven and a half. Seven and a half now. So, yeah, we're nearly there. Home stretch now. Let's go for it. So, Luke, thanks again. We'll see Luke next week. Kev, we'll see you next week. Oscar, we'll definitely have you back on because it's always good fun when you're on the show. Until then, guys, take care. Speak soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.